And we're live. Hey. Yo. Right on. Just as something goes in my eye. <laughs> Hell yeah. Great. How's it going, boys? It's going I'm... all right. Quiet time, just buckling down and working. How about you? Not bad. I saw my surgeon today and he said, at this point, I'm pretty much just good to do whatever I want and continue healing. Nice. No more precautions. I still can't blow my nose for another week. That's about it for right now. Cool. I do still have split vision, though, which is annoying. So I'm hoping that. Have they said when that's going to go away or? Uh, he says it should just go away. And if it hasn't by the six week mark, then there will be concern and they will have to take further action. But he doesn't think we're going to get to that. So he's confident uh, it'll just go away. Cool. That's good, at least. Yeah. What's up with you, Paul? Nothing. Chilling. Okay. Yeah. Did you watch the, the newest um, uh, What If? I did. I liked it <coughs> way better than the first one. I thought it was very cool. It was very weird <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I liked it more, too. I don't know if I liked it like way better. Um but I do I did like it more. I thought there was a lot of fun little like Easter egg jokes and references to the rest of the MCU. Like, oh, hey, do you remember that guy? Um, just some characters popping up with like different personalities that you wouldn't expect or they're on different sides of the good versus bad, which was pretty fun. I feel like it just pushed it a little more in a fun way. The first one kind of felt like almost a retelling with a different cap basically and very similar in a lot of ways and this felt yeah, more like i could see that yeah what yeah. the hell I is did. thanos doing here? yeah Thanos. i didn't want to say because i thought that was a bit of a spoiler but having him show well, up was pretty great yeah what's also we won't great say is what they have doing. almost like the entire voice cast uh yeah, yeah. which you just you don't see very often when it comes to like spin-off shows that hurt though because you know chadwick yeah has gone so that's yeah Man, that was hard message <laughs> For sure. Yeah. His last one. Yep. Um, I'll also say uh, Tukin cool. Birdie season two ended this last week. Yeah, um, that, that that was, was a, a heavy season. season. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was really stuff. good, though. Speckle is the best character. Speckle shone in the mo the few moments he got every time. He was so yeah. good. Have you seen all of season two? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. That thing with him and the hot dogs. Oh, God, that was so good. I'm going to yeah. do right by you boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. There's yeah, I love that. He's he's not like a main main character, but he just pops up, says something ridiculous. And you're like, fuck, it's so fucking funny. God damn. Yeah. I mean, even in this last one, he's just like on the roof. And then there's these weird like wires from the from a hole in the ground, like trying to like steal something or something. And he just had to throw something at it to like stop. Like every part he's in is just a weird, absurd moment. That's great. Yeah, it's very, it's very good. Um, to, and I love that they announced there's a season three coming. That's yeah. That's like right in the middle of it. Season two barely happened. So um, season two of Tuka Birdie definitely in my like top <coughs> television of 2021. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, 
What else was new? I went and saw Free Guy. I had to know. I had to know. Okay. Right. And I th- I thought it was I thought it was good. It's extremely okay. corny. Sure. Um, yeah. And and it gets That's, pretty silly yeah. at some points for sure. But there's some quality jokes in there. There's some very good cameos. Um, okay. So there were a few times where I was like, this, that was just a great scene that like I enjoyed my time with it. Um, it is I. It is weird seeing like streamers in there, like ninjas in there. You know, oh, as himself, because yeah. uh-huh. it's all about they're all playing a video game, right? Sure. So they're like commenting on it and yada, yada. I'm I'm like so over anytime there's like Fortnite dances in any kind of media. Oh, yeah. Do they floss in this? Of course they did. They Yeah, they do floss. Yeah. Do the, the one where your arms are going down and your legs are out to the side, whatever that one's called. Um, they do a bunch of them. I will say, though. Uh, when Channing Tatum does the Fortnite dances, it's actually a pretty great scene, and I bet he had so much fucking fun with that scene, and it is one of the better ones. But just okay, I I think it's just a personality thing. If I'm seeing like a Fortnite dance and something, I'm I'm immediately just like, oh, can we just move on as a society? Like, can we can we can we please just move on from from the Fortnite dances? But I guess it's that's never going to happen because TikTok is about dancing, right? So yeah. I'm it's I'm probably just too old. Yeah, that's probably what it is. That's, so. that's definitely what it is. Yeah. 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 I mean, when I was a kid, no one was dancing. Because we had an invented a single person. person. We had invented yeah. <laughs> dancing. As yeah. soon as someone saw like dental floss, you're like, you know, I can make it. What happens if I move like dental floss? And then dancing yeah. is born. Yeah. That's how it works. Yep. That's how it happened, kids. Don't, <laughs> don't believe the textbooks. This is the real truth right here. Yeah, true. What's the next movie? What's the next big one for you? Um, there's a Hugh Jackman movie called like Reminisce or something like that. Um, Is that this week or next week? That, that's this week, and it's an HBO Max one, so I'll be, I'm not going to the theater for that. I'm going to watch that at home. Oh, but that's okay. the next kind of movie I, I have planned yeah. to watch. I'll check that out then. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll check that um, one out. In terms of like real big stuff that's coming, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of TV coming in September that I'm stoked for. Yeah, Shang Chi's beginning in September. The next oh right, Marvel yeah, movie. yeah, that's Chi's, true. That's right. But like, what do we do in the shadows? Season three is in September, and that show is extremely good. I think Sex Education comes back in September as well. In a month, so, yeah, yeah. There's a few things in September. Like, there's a lot of TV happening for me in September. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. Sure. Um, okay. Well, with that, let's do the top down perspective for August nineteenth. <laughs> I'm Sean Booker. Yeah. I'm Paul Fleck. <laughs> I'm John Wheeler. It's hard because my split vision is actually like on the lower half of my vision right now, so stuff like the the clock is nonsense to me. Oh, oh okay. I see. Like it, like okay, it's it's, we- it's weirdly like getting better as it goes down. Which probably makes sense because as my eye is raised, it is probably going down. That's, sure. That's how I'm thinking how it works. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, though. Um, sure. All right. Paul, you played nothing? Uh, I started 12 minutes today. I'll say I like it. It's extremely story heavy to the point where it's hard to talk about without uh, giving anything away that you might want to find for yourself. Uh, it's janky, 
in a way that I wasn't necessarily expecting, but that's because it's a small team. I believe that worked on it. Like even buggy, though they have janky. Well, it's like they re- they recorded a bunch of lines from Willem Dafoe, uh, James McAvoy, and Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. And there are very obviously stilted moments of something happening where they are either talking over one another or like an animation is trying to play and they're talking. It's just weird video game jank that like is not from a triple A studio with a thousand people working on bugs that fixed it. Uh, It's it is not bad. It has led to some hilarious moments, Um, but not intended hilarity, right? Not intended hilarity. That game is dark in a way i was not expecting it is kind of fucked up <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's like about like a home invasion or something right y- yeah yeah there is a home invasion that happens and you're just kind of it's a groundhog day thing which i also wasn't yep. really expecting uh I, that was like the pretty whole obvious premise. in the advertising yeah. yeah that's like the, the no your character is. knows he's in a groundhog day thing and like talks about it that's the part i was like Oh, I'm not the play. I'm not as the player, the only one who knows this. My main character also knows about this, and it means that he's weirdly deadpan about some stuff that maybe you wouldn't be deadpan about because he knows that you know in Groundhog Day where Bill Murray just starts like I don't know, like trying to kill himself or like <clears throat> fucking with people and stuff because he knows nothing matters, yeah, and yeah. it's just like yeah, whatever. I'll just shoot myself. Who gives a shit? There's like stuff like that about that you're going that's going on in there that is just like you should not be as like easy about this as you are but i guess you know that well that's kind of always the thing they they touched on that in uh palm springs that came out last year yeah uh, andy sandberg is the the, one of the questions is like how long has has this person actually been stuck in the time loop and and even they're like i've i've lost track i don't know and so there's like an implication that it's been like forever or something years and years and like eventually yeah like so you know yeah that's kind of the question like it's a fun thought experiment how many days and i ask both of you this how many days would would have to pass of you being stuck in a groundhog day scenario before you like really start to like do some shit that like if there was actual consequences it would not be okay like three if i knew it was a it would take you three days so on day four you would like (coughs) punch Probably someone some. directly in the face oh no i would like rob a bank or something i would totally yeah, well, you know, yeah. okay either way yeah what about you john yeah it would depend entirely on what the loop is like if the loop is like a nice positive loop it'll take a long time if it's like a oh shitty loop, sure like like paul said three days <laughs> yeah sure what do you mean a shitty loop it's the it's a it's a normal day it's an average day like like today so you're gonna go if it's an average again. day then probably a couple weeks See, I think it would take me at least a week before I really like, like, you know, try killing myself or, or yeah, robbing a bank or, or doing something like really weird. See, when anyone ever talks like like Groundhog Day or like time loops like that, I always think of that episode of Stargate SG-1, mm. the one where like uh, for Jack, Colonel Jack O'Neill, he like he wakes up just in a me- in a meeting normally and then goes about his mission day. But Teal'c is getting slammed in the face with by a door at the beginning of every time loop. So instead of like waking up in bed, he's literally getting like slammed to the face and then has to do everything over again. Yeah. So that sure. would piss me off and make me do things a lot faster. I feel than uh, than if it was just like, okay, well woke up in bed. Let's, let's go about our day. 
Sure. The nice yeah, thing is like, that a lot of video games are roguelikes these days, so you could not worry about like having to play through something and then it restarting without a save. You're just always playing the same game anyway. Different runs. Okay. Good yeah, shit. sure. I guess if it's like a full one, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. But what if since it's a Groundhog Day effect, you're still getting the same uh, loops you would have gotten? Anyway? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you would probably, too. The seed would be well, the then, same. Well, then you would get smart and be like, I'm going to set custom seeds, and then it ain't going to do that. Oh, nice try. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, and well, and that you you'd get faster at the game, right? If you knew the seed every time. Honestly, I don't think you would play that game very much. You would play it for maybe like a f- like within the first couple of weeks, and then you'd be like, "I need to do something else." Because I need to rob a bank. Yeah, yeah, like I need exactly. I need to like rob yeah. a bank. I need to do. I need to see how far around the world I can get in twenty four hours. I need to like like really like I need to like, start playing with the boundaries. Yeah. Just like smack my boss every day or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I don't I don't think you would do it in three days. I don't think because like I think first day is basically a wash, right? You don't even know what's going to yeah, happen yet. First day. You Second day. It's like, wait, w- like you're you're confused, right? Maybe you maybe you start having some suspicions by the end of the day. I think day three is when you like start to figure out what's going on. I don't think that fourth day you're you're fucking with people. No, I think you're doing something to see, though. You're testing it for sure. Yeah. Starting yeah. that. But I don't think you're, I don't think you're pushing the boundaries like with consequences on day four. I think that's yeah, still perhaps not. Yeah. A little too early. I definitely think a week, maybe a little bit less than a week. Once you know. That ex- escalation. Anyways, uh, 12 minutes is very good so far, even though it's a janky kind of messy game mechanically. It's fun. Uh, that's a game I would like to talk about at length at some point. So maybe that if we all play it or maybe a couple of us play it, we could do like a spoiler thing on it. I plan to play it. So, yeah, we should do something. Yeah, uh, that's it. John. <clears throat> well, other than uh, Pacross, still working through that. Reese and I started playing Axiom Verge 2 this week. Okay. On a Switch? On Switch, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm torn how I feel about that game. Okay. The explorations. You like great. the first one, right? I love the first one. I think the first one's a fantastic Metroidvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, the exploration's great. Uh, the... The sense of trying to find everything is there. A bunch of the new mechanics they added in are neat. Uh, but I don't like the direction they took the combat in so far. Uh, okay. So in the first game is all focused around you get a, a gun, essentially. The gun is for long. You can do long range, medium, close, depending on what type of gun you're using. But yeah, you have all these different methods of attacking with the gun. Uh, in this one, you are primarily close range. Very close range, in fact. Uh, and, but the enemies still feel like they're designed around Trace, who had uh, a, like a, a gun. So mm. I feel like I've been taking a lot of unnecessary hits when I don't need to. Uh, I can't really space out enemies. Enemies feel like they have a lot more health than I expected. So I'll take a bunch of extra swings. You do eventually get a projectile, but it's a weaker projectile than your main physical attack. And it is slow by comparison. It's like a boomerang. Uh... So I haven't been too jazzed about that. We finally got a new weapon after doing like three different zones, and it seems pretty good. Uh, But one thing I found interesting so far is all the bosses we bumped into have been optional. There hasn't been an actual forced boss fight on us yet. 
That's cool. Hmm. It's been interesting to just play through and see so far, but uh, I need to spend more time with it. But we're playing only playing it together, so like we only touch it like maybe every three days or something like that. Uh, sure. I am excited to play more of it. And like I said, the actual exploration is really good. The mechanics they threw in there. They added a new hacking mechanic this time around where uh, holding down a button will like emit this aura around you and you can hack enemies. You can hack platforms to activate them, open doors. But like there's also a skill tree. So you have to put skill points into that if you wanted to open like heavier security doors or take down bigger enemies and stuff like that. There's a lot of cool little things in it that definitely are keeping me interested and making me want to see more. But uh, it is a completely different character. Uh, it's a completely different time. It's a completely different planet, as far as I can tell. So uh, I'm curious to see how this ties in, if anything. There's like hints here and there that there's, it's going to tie in, but I want to see for sure by going through it. I So far, it, I, I don't know if I can recommend it as strongly as the first one, but if you like exploring in Metroidvania, it's got that in spades. Hmm. <coughs> Okay. Yeah. Kind of killed my excitement a little bit, but I'll still check it out at some point. It just moved down the list a little bit, I think. It, it might, like I said, by the time I'm done it, it might, I might feel different. Sure. But the first impression it's giving now is not as strong as the first impression the first game gave me. The first yeah. game immediately hooked me, uh, and like I was super invested. <clears throat> this one's been a bit more of a slow burn. Sure. Both in the way how, we've been playing it and in the, the actual progress of the game so far. How difficult would you say it is? Uh, so far, it feels harder than the first because, yeah, like okay. you're in a lot more combat situations that uh, you'll probably take damage from. Like the sure. first weapon you get is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. You, you, you primarily pick it up because you need to destroy boxes that they're blocking the way. But uh, unless I just took a wrong turn and I missed a better weapon... I've just been like I was struggling with combat until the most recent weapon I got. And then now it's now it's at the point where I'd say like, oh, yeah, no, this is right. This feels good now. OK. And combined with the hacking, it's been interesting, too, because you can just hack enemies to become your allies. So then you don't have to fight them anymore. Sure. That sounds cool. Yeah, the first game was all about kind of hacking stuff, right? In a way, yeah, it was like pixelization. Like you you had a gun effect that basically like decompile the world around you to make and like things into platforms make enemies drop health stuff like that they're like hidden yeah. walls you could walk through when you were into like a, a weird like 8-bit zone stuff like that uh yeah like i said that so far it's been interesting in the sense that like there's a couple small mechanic changes compared to the other one uh you get like a drone much earlier in this one than you did in the first one uh, it's a much more integral part of the game and the exploration. There's like a whole second map that you bump into pretty fast. Uh, but yeah, I need to I need to play more of it and get a proper feel for it because like the uh, the close range I wasn't expecting. But now that I've got a weapon after like fighting a hidden boss that feels better, uh, we'll see how I feel for the rest of it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Even Fail Destiny chat says I finished it this week. I'm also torn on how I feel about it. That is the general consensus I have been hearing. Uh, I think reviews have saying like they've said the exploration is probably better than Axiom Verge one. Uh, the pixel art's great. The music's great. Uh, story is the story as Axiom Verge one was. But sure. uh, yeah, it's hard to describe Axiom Verge's story otherwise. But uh, the combat is really, I think, the piece everyone's kind of feeling weak on. Hmm. 
Yeah, fair enough. It is still like yeah. one dude doing it, right? Yeah, it's still Thomas App. Yeah. I know this hmm. one got bumped around a lot for various reasons, I think including his son passing away. So oh, I, believe, I believe that actually happened. Bummer. The action verse two was kind of weird. I remember getting like delayed a few months back and then it just popped up at yeah. that uh, Nindy show like last week and just like stealth dropped. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for you. That's it for me. I've been playing through a game called Maquette. This came to PlayStation Plus a few months back. I'm playing it on the, the PS5. I don't, I don't know if it's on other PlayStations or not. Um, I don't even know if it's on Steam. It's probably on Steam. Anyway, uh, this is another Annapurna joint. It's uh, a puzzle game where you um, all the puzzles are. So if you if you don't know what a maquette is, it's like a like a figurine or like a model. So you kind of you'll enter this space where there's like a maquette of the space that you're in and anything you interact with with in with the maquette will happen in your area. So you're, you need to like figure out, okay, how do I get like on top of this building? And it's like, oh, well, if I take this little model of these stairs and put them next to that building in, in the like toy version of it, a giant version of stairs will come falling down where you placed them and then you can go up those stairs in the, in the outside area and you can get into that building and whatnot or get on top of that building. And they play with that in a bunch of fun different ways you get different crystals that open up different doors and you got to like start, you start going like through different areas so that like you need to remember, okay, I'm the big version of myself right now, but I need to make myself small, but the area needs to be big because if you like exit the real world, you will be exiting the maquette that you are inside of. Like every world is within another maquette like that. So they start to play with that in lots of different ways. It's actually kind of similar uh, in how they mess things up a lot with antechamber. Uh, which we'll be talking about next week. Um, mm-hmm. It also reminded me of like Super Liminal, uh, uh, a game I've only seen trailers of, but from that it, it seems kind of like that. You know, playing with space to do these fun puzzles. Um, at the same time, there's a, a, a like a medium dense narrative going on. There's a lot of uh, audio logs that'll just play or uh, text kind of floating in the environment of what looks to be the beginning to the end of a relationship. I'm assuming the game's going to have a happy end where they get back together, but I haven't finished it yet. I'm like 20 minutes from the end. And what's kind of noteworthy about that is it's voiced by the, the woman in the relationship is voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, hmm. uh, the actress, uh, I think both the voice actors do a great job. The guy, I looked up his IMDb. He doesn't really seem to have done a lot. He's done like a few episodes of TV, but he's not really known for anything. So Bryce Dallas Howard is clearly the the star power here. Um, and, you know, you're just talking, you were just talking about 12 minutes and they have, you know, William Defoe, Daisy Ridley, yada, yada. And yeah. Annapurna Interactive, they just, you know, they got those, uh, those uh, phone numbers. They just get the actors into yeah. the games, uh, which is just kind of fun. Um, yeah. But I think I think Howard does a great job. I think the guy uh, does a really good job. The guy has such a nice, soothing voice. Um, I wish he was in kind of more stuff because uh, I think he has a really great voice. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the end. It's just a really nice looking game and the puzzles are pretty uh, interesting. Um, so that's Maquette. Again, it was on PlayStation Plus a few months back. So, you know, if you're a subscriber, you have it. 
and it's like it's like three hours long. Um, I've also been playing Splitgate, uh, the game that everyone's playing because uh, it yeah. had its console launch like a week ago, I believe. Yes. Yeah, this yeah. game's actually been out for a while on PC, but right. people are talking about it now because of the console launch. Right, right. Um, and there was like queues to get into the console version on the first week. Um, I've been playing this week and I haven't hit queues. One, actually, that's not true. I hit queue, a queue yesterday, but it was literally like 10 seconds long. So I've really not experienced any kind of queue waiting time. Uh, cool. For those who don't know Splitgate, it is Halo with a portal gun. Yeah. Um, so on your bumpers, you have a like a, an orange and a blue portal that you can shoot out. Um and it just like it's it seems like such a no brainer because it works so well. Um, th- th- This mixing of it and like it is so Halo, you got a floaty ass jump. Your dude looks like a space marine. If shoddy snipers is in there, oddballs in there, like almost all the guns are the exact same as Halo. It is just Halo with a portal gun. Um, But it's fun. It's a good time. Um, and it is, it is both extremely satisfying to like put a portal like to the side of someone and be able to flank them without like changing your location. It yeah. is also extremely annoying when you die out of nowhere. And then on the kill cam, you see, oh, someone put a portal right behind me and just shot through the portal. And I was just standing still because I didn't sure. know anyone was even on my side of the map. Um, sure. Yeah. So it definitely like. It, it's a fun twist. It, it feels like refreshing because it's like you have to like play this first person shooter now that is with a whole other mindset of like at any point someone could just pop out of the wall and, and I'm and then the fight is on um, and you have like a mini map so you can kind of see if someone's near you and if they're above you or below you. But it's constantly just refreshing and the person will just disappear because, yeah, they just went through a portal. And now they're nowhere near you. Um, so the minimap is uh, kind of betrays you a little bit in that sense, too. It only helps if someone's like n- n- like not using the portal near you. Um, it has a pretty good early start because it just puts you against bots. Um, so you feel like an absolute powerhouse. Um, but then once they start putting people in there and they're and the people are actually using portals, it's like a whole other game. And, and yeah, it's it's pretty fun. I, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Um, I, I'm kind of looking and, and because it's been on PC for so long, um, it, it's pretty refreshing jumping into a game that's like not broken at all at the beginning and just has a ton of content already in there. Um, so uh, it's a it's a free to play game and it's got tons of the battle pass and all that other stuff. But if uh, if you know if, if Halo with a portal gun sounds interesting to you, you should definitely check out Um all right. But yeah, that's all I've been playing. So let's do I, a very little. We- Oh, yep. yeah. Before we go to news, I have to step in and make a correction. Uh, I looked it up. I couldn't find anything about Thomas Happ's son passing away, but I do now remember why I thought it was something about his son. Uh, I think a year and a half, two years ago, uh, Thomas Happ had to file a lawsuit with the publisher of the physical version of Axiom Verge because they were keeping money away from their disabled son's fund. Oh, I so. do remember something about a weird yeah, uh i i think i got that there. mixed up with something happening to their son but uh yeah no i think their son is is alive i remember there were in some battle for that shit that's true yeah 
So I think I got the two All mixed right. up, unfortunately. It's That's my a holidays. good correction. <laughs> yeah. Clearly the happiest of corrections. Yeah, for sure. It's a much better outcome. Um, all right, with that, let's do some news. Um, and we'll pivot from talking about that to talking about Quake. Okay. Quake Remastered was uh, announced uh, and dropped today. Because it's QuakeCon, right? QuakeCon's happening? Uh, yes, that's why they did it today, specifically. Okay. I, they remastered the first three, um, which I think means they just upscaled everything to 4K, right? Yeah, someone was showing me pictures of the Quake 1 upscale, and you could see borders around like the the health numbers, so uh, they, it might have been a bit of a slapdash job. Okay. I'm assuming it's just like these games are so old, putting them in 4K is just going to be janky. Like, that's just how things are going to go. I mean, yeah, um, but it's one of those things you think they would have caught. Maybe, yep, for sure. Uh, it's all, they're also on Game Pass. Uh, uh, people are interested in playing some uh, some old Quake stuff. Um, I don't know. Anyone excited to play some remastered Quake? No, nah, man. I, already, I played through Quake one like last year, two years ago. I got my yeah. Okay. I grew up playing Quake two and a little bit of one, so I don't need to play any more of it. You can't go back. Okay. Um. Anything else happen at QuakeCon? This is the only thing I really saw. I don't know if you guys noticed anything. Haven't been paying attention, honestly. Honestly, I didn't even know QuakeCon was going on until this announcement happened. Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Um, we got a Pokemon live stream um, that I, I'll at least say for me, uh, I'm pretty excited about some of the stuff that they were showing off. Um, Pokemon Unite coming to mobile on September 22nd. Um, it's going to have crossplay with the Switch version. That sounds great. Uh, I think that sure. game will be totally good on mobile. That's that's a that seems pretty good. It's fine on mobile, yeah. Um, that Pokemon Cafe Remix or Cafe Mix is getting like remade or something. I don't know. They talked about the mobile games, which I'm not following, so I'm going to skip that. Uh, sure. They gave a big update on a uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. That's still coming in November. Still looking forward to that. You know, they showed off the underground. Bada bada. Let's talk about the exciting one, though. They showed off some like a bunch of gameplay of Pokemon Legends Arceus. I think that's how they pronounce it. Arceus. Um, I think this game looks so good. Uh, and they gave us a release date. Of January. What's the date? Tell me the day article that I'm looking at. 28th. Which is sooner than I expected. Um but yeah, they went, they dove into the area. They dove into how you can interact with Pokemon, how you can do battles, all the stuff like that. They showed off some new Pokemon, or so I guess some like ancient versions of the Pokemon. This I'm I am trying not to get my hopes up for this game because the Pokemon Company likes to disappoint and do the least amount of work possible. Um, but I'm I'm uh I'm excited. It looks it looks very good, and I'm surprised there's not two versions of this like the normal Pokemon games. I think it's because specifically they have the Diamond and Pearl remake coming out this year, and then like two or three months later, Arceus is supposed to come out. Like if they're both working on both games, there's no way they could do a double of that as well. I think they're I think they're stretched pretty thin, and I think that's why they kind of don't get to do much other than the bare minimum. But the double can't be that much more work. It's like the same game, ninety eight percent of it. <laughs> It's like, the only difference is like, 
Oh, there's like seven exclusive Pokemon for this one. So just make sure you buy them both. I don't know. It is odd that these are coming out so close together. I would have expected the Pokemon Legends to be like a next fall game. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh, I'm it, seeing it looks chat cool. says it's actually a different studio working on the remake. So it actually is uh, Game Freak working on the Arceus one. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, ILCA, I'm not familiar with them. I've not, I haven't heard of that either. Maybe it's just like an internal Nintendo division or something. I don't know. I know you guys are the biggest Pokemon fans. Does Legends get you interested at all for such a revamp they're doing here? No. Kinda. Okay. I'll wait and see. I'll wait for reviews. Uh, I'm I'm going to play this for sure. There's no way I'm not going to play this. That's kind of it. I, I just like good games in general. So if people are like, this is like the best Pokemon game since like whatever, I'll pro- maybe check it out. Otherwise, if people are like, yeah, it's another Pokemon game. It's like, yeah, OK, that's fine. Then See, that's both those fine. scenarios are great for me. Sure. So. OK, right. so the only other work ILCA has done is they made Pokemon Home. OK, so hmm. they at least know what a Pokemon is. A good start. And even, even then, I think they didn't do all the work. I think they did part of it. I can't find full confirmation. Um, Skyrim Anniversary Edition has been announced. Thank God. And it's coming uh, November 11th. Thank God that's coming out. Yeah. So uh, add it to the list of Skyrim versions. The, the joke keeps going. Honestly, I hope it never stops coming out at this point. Like the, it's it's looped back around God, and I'm just yeah. looking forward to the next release each time. Now, I Did hope. you see that? Did you see that hard drive complaints saying how many times we're going to re-update this article? The article about like, oh, you want to feel old? Skyrim came out 10 years ago, five years ago, eight years ago, like that. The one where they keep counting down how many times it came out. That's pretty good. Yeah. Man. I don't know. I still remember that one. Um bethesda e3 live stream where todd howard was like hey we'll stop porting it if you stop buying it and like mm-hmm. that just that just makes sense like because people are still doing this um you can upgrade the special edition to the anniversary edition free next gen upgrade coming soon they are adding fishing to skyrim there you go awesome <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I'm like, sure someone's going to buy it and get excited. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm experiencing yeah. it. That's the thing is like it, it'll be someone's first time playing Skyrim. So why? Why is. not? What's the next like new platform that they could port it to the play date? <laughs> There's no way. It's got two buttons and a crank. Hey, they put Skyrim on Alexa devices. Yeah, but it's not the full experience. Okay, maybe it's not the full experience. Maybe it's Playdate version where right, the crank right, is... All right, fine. Be- all right, if we're looking at it from that angle, then sure, they could do it. They just put they fishing can. in there. That is leading the way. There's a crank right on that thing. They know what they're it's doing. True. That's a good point. They know what exactly actually, what they're doing. What if that's the only reason they added <laughs> fishing to Skyrim is because they're going to port it to Playdate? They're that's like, the only reason. We needed to beta test this new feature, so we put it out on the PlayStation 5 first. <laughs> Worked out all the kinks so that it was properly ready for season two of the Playdate games. That it'll, would it'll be one of 20 games you can buy for the one-time price of $24. That would single-handedly get me back on Todd Howard's side forever. <laughs> <laughs> would you get a playdate? 
No, but I no? would like I would respect him more if he actually used the PS5 to beta test a play date fishing game. Weirder things have happened in video games. It's true. Honestly, yeah, it's true. All right. Before All we right. jump to questions, I oh, have to issue okay. another correction. Uh, <laughs> ILCA, which stands for I Love Computer Art, has worked on games such as Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, Yakuza Zero, Nier Automata, Ace Combat Seven, and Dragon Quest Eleven. Those are big names. That's all so of them. Actually, that's actually a lot of big names. That's why I felt I did have to correct that. Okay. Good for them. I don't know what they did on all those games, but they worked on them. Probably the art. I would have to assume it's the they art. They do love computer art. It's right in their name. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Okay. Thanks. You got to save all your corrections for like the end or something. We'll give you your own no, segment. No, absolutely not. <laughs> they have uh, They have to happen immediately. <laughs> they have to happen at a moment's notice. Otherwise, people will forget what we're even correcting. They'll go through the podcast and be like, oh, well, I guess well, I thought I need, learned something. We need to set it up so that you have a button and um, what's his name? Oh, my God. Ace attorney guy. I can't remember. Phoenix, his name right. Object, yeah. Phoenix the right objection comes up and is like correction or whatever. No, I got something. instead I'm going to use like this button marked fail and just press it and it does like the wah horn. I'll just do that. That, that sounded incoming like correction in, the, in that speak, not microphone. What if you just had a button that just shuts the sh- show off? You're just if you get something, I, I wrong, have that button. That I can Paul has it that. Right it's called now. the disconnect the internet button. Yeah, we could do that right now. If you get something wrong and it's proven, John has to rip his Ethernet cord out of his computer. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, topdownperspective at gmail.com is the email address to send questions in. You can also do it on Twitter at TDP podcast, uh, the discord channel or John's PO box. Uh, this first one comes from Kevin. What is the best and worst use of real life time in video games? For example, animal crossing. Best and worst. I'm having a hard time thinking of something better than Animal Crossing. I really I, hate mobile games that are like you have to wait an hour before you have energy to play our thing oh, again. Yeah, I hate sure. that. That's I, I think that's I the worst. Say, news. I was say there's like, yeah. I like it when games are like, yeah, like you it's been a couple like hours like you went to bed between play sessions. So we've unlocked like an extra content for you. Like you got access to a special ability. Like Bravely sure. Default did something where like if your 3DS was in sleep mode, a timer went by and then like you got access to like a free default mode or like a free, like super summon or something like that. Yeah. The, sure. the deep ready default two did the same thing or just kind of goes on in the background. Um, a lot of the assassins Creed games have had ones where you can like send assassins out on missions and it'll be like, all right, they'll complete this one in four hours. And then you can buy yeah. a speed up thing if you wanted to with real world money. Um, which is yeah, which uh, canonically I have to assume is just like a shot of adrenaline right into the assassin's neck, and now we can <laughs> stab people faster or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Animal Crossing. I still, is I still like think the that the, the fact that Animal Crossing has it with like seasonal events, I think that's just the best part. Sure. But I mean, you I'm can Chris- pace those out if you want. 
like take your time, like and get to enjoy those when they come around. That's what I'm saying is that I think like Animal Crossing does it really well. And then because you can have like a Christmas and a Halloween in Animal Crossing around the same time or not around at the same time as real life. I think that makes it like the winner. That's the best. Yeah. I mean, MMOs have been doing that forever, too. Any like consistent game. That's true. I guess most um, games as a service now have like a Halloween event and stuff. But I, I love that, though. Yeah, I do, too. It's great. Yeah, it keeps me going to their game. It works. Yeah, when they do just like a weird, spooky, goofy thing on for all of October, that's awesome. When Apex mm-hmm. brings back the like Christmas train mode, that's the best thing. I love that. <laughs> I love that shit. Give me more of that. Sure. All right. Cody writes in, what is your experience with friends who wanted to work in the video game industry? Personally, I've had many friends in high school and university say they wanted to make video games. Most gave up pretty quickly. One friend from high school got a master's degree in game design, but never landed a job in the industry. Instead, she works at a university now. Another friend who I no longer have contact with did take it seriously and released an indie game with the help of a friend. That game came out in 2015 and still says early access and nothing else has come from them. Sure. Well, I went to university to go for game design and realized like, yeah, I realized like, halfway more than halfway through my degree i hated it so <laughs> sure a lot of people so that's the story a lot of people say actually yeah i feel like i dodged like, a bullet considering like all the shit that goes on in the industry how much people they just kind of abuse people that just have passion for that stuff sure like, even, like my cousin like every EA and everything so i feel like every kind of creative role can get abused pretty easily mm-hmm. oh yeah no 100 percent John, your degree is computer science, right? Yeah. Okay, so you, that's what you switched to. All right. Yeah. So I went. I went into programming. No, I no, it was computer science. It was going to be with a concentration in game design, and then by the end, I'm like, no, it's not worth it. Okay. Sure. This is the not, UFC is not what I offers a game design course. I don't know if they still do, but at the time that I was going, they did. It was actually fairly well, new when I went there. Honestly, I would expect them more so to do it now than than back then. Well, back then, uh, they were working with Radical Entertainment. They like people from Radical Entertainment ran the class, and that company no longer exists. So, I was about to say, I don't, I don't even know what Radical Entertainment is. Uh, prototype. Oh, okay, interesting. And were they were Calgary based? No, they're based, uh, I think, in Burnaby. They were over in BC somewhere, Vancouver area. Oh, okay. And but uh, they they would come over and teach the class. Uh, I think it was like a winter semester class. Uh, they'd have the students make a racing game. And that was pretty okay. much the uh, the main thing about it. You had to you had to do the pitch design, the pitch document, work together in a small team of like four or five people to make it. And I was absolutely miserable while doing it. I wonder if Bioware does anything over at the U of A. They do. Yeah, I, mean, I, would, I, would, sure I would. I would hope so. I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I had any friends doing game design. Then again, I wasn't in I didn't do any kind of like programming or computer science classes. So I wasn't really in those circles. I was more in like art kid circles. Yeah. And we did did we did have like a programming class in in that. And I know someone did like make a game for that class. I have no idea what happened to that kid after, though. So I, I couldn't tell you if he went into game design. Um but so I don't actually know anyone from school personally that went into game design. Yeah. Growing up, my friends and stuff were very much more into film 
and uh, movie making and stuff like that. Then, like, we all liked video games, obviously, but none of us really wanted to, like, oh, yeah, let's make our own game. It was more like, let's grab the camera and go, like, do some dumb videos and stuff. Right. Yeah, that was closer to mine. And and I just never had the interest. Like, I have no interest in coding. It's, it was, yeah, it's never been fun. It. The little I've done. Like, yeah, fair enough. Coding is the majority of the work for that. Yep. And it sucks. As someone who has a degree that tells people he can do it. It sucks. <laughs> in this area, though, it makes a lot of money. Holy smokes, you can make a lot of money in this area if you know how to code. Sure. All right. Uh, Suku Suku writes in and says, if someone were to make a top-down perspective beat-em-up, which of you would be the speedy type, who would be power, and who would be boring balanced? Also, what would a top-down perspective beat-em-up look like? I'm probably balanced, honestly. I th- I honestly thought John would be balanced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm boring and balanced, so there you go. Well, the, not the boring part necessarily, but balanced, yeah. I would want to call dibs on the speedy one, because that's usually the character I like playing as. I honestly thought you would be the speedy one. Yeah, you're yeah. you're like the most fit out of the three of us, and most of the things you've done have been running or marathons. So yeah, yeah see, I, I like running, uh, and also yeah, when I play beat 'em ups, I like I usually prefer like the weaker characters, but they can like dodge around a bunch. Uh, you know, playing like thief classes, similar. You know, sure. So Paul, that makes you power type. Makes sense. I would prefer to like take. 10 years in a video game to do one attack but that attack not one shot something that's my preferable <laughs> okay, style anyway okay. yeah all right what would a top down perspective beat him up look like probably pixel art because none of us want to code yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well there's the not art- a coding for 3d models <laughs> yeah there's no coding yeah. in, in the art process uh yeah to be fair, though, know. like when I went and did a bunch of uh, like animation courses, I also just don't like 3D modeling. <laughs> I, didn't I have doing that either. I have done a little bit of like basic 3D modeling. Same. I am not a fan, but I like it more than some other things. It was I probably one of my favorite university courses was like that animation sure. 3D modeling, but it, it was short and there was only one. Sure. See, I, yeah. I took as many animation classes as I could because that's what I thought I wanted to go into. But I was just like, I'm. I'm just kind of not feeling this at all. And and luckily I got really into editing video. Um, sure. But in terms of like my art, I've always been way more into like drawing uh, and, and, sure. and kind of flat looking stuff, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so yeah. what would, would it, it would probably, it be one of those beat em ups where every all the characters have the same art style or does each one have their own distinct art style? That'd be kind of cool. You know, kind of like how Smash Bros has each character we, we has could, their own kind of art style. Yeah, we could do that simply because we're all into pretty varied types of games. Yeah, true. Yeah, could base it off of that. So, like, I'm into more retro stuff, so I'd be like the 2D pixel art style. Pixel spray. one. Yeah. Paul, you what are, what are you into? Just like text based adventures? So you just be like, a oh, that would actually words. be great. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a Windows cursor, and you just like every movement is just like little ASCII art. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> actually and yeah I don't, mine would probably I, when it comes to the art and games i really like hand-drawn stuff i want to look like spirit fairer mm, yeah or just like an old cartoon like garfield and friends you know something yeah. real classy 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it would probably be us uh, going around beating up other podcasts. Like, well, podcasts pretty would, good. We, we would be like fighting for like the top podcast rank. So, but like uh, we, we but the, the whole ones. time we know we clearly suck. So it's kind of like that Battletoads reboot. Mm, it would yeah, actually yeah, be kind of like that. <laughs> not a bad way to look at it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. But like the first half of the Battletoads reboot before it kind of gets bad. Yeah. 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 Bust into like Joe Rogan's podcasting studio to take him on. That would be like one of the final bosses. Is that or like Night Vale, right? Oh, Night Vale would be cool, like a Halloween like themed level or something, like something yeah, really and then, dark. And then there'd have to be something with like the McElroys because they have like I think eight thousand podcasts. <laughs> the Just an ever changing stage. There's definitely like a D and D one because yeah. there's a thousand D and D podcasts. Critical now. role we would be facing. So role. I think each stage would be like a different genre. So there'd be like a D and D one. There'd be uh, like a murder mystery, like real, like true crime. Yeah. One. True. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's another like super satur? There'd be a video game. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. One. Um, I'm trying to I think that that's all I can think of. Yeah. Do, do we have it so that each like our characters take on like a different costume theme depending on the stage like true crime we're like film noir. Oh, that'd sure, be that's fun. fun. D, yeah. D&D we're in D&D costumes stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. Like I'm thinking to kind of kind of reboot like right where the, you yeah. take on the properties of the. Yeah. So you're like a wizard because that's one of the best reboot episodes is the, the fantasy. Yeah. Man I would like play that. the shit that's out of our game. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There'd be some pretty uh, good like self-deprecating lines like, yeah, well, we have 66 patrons. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, kind of funny games cast. <laughs> we have a Facebook page. Yeah, it hasn't been updated in five years. <laughs> the rest of Sukasuka's uh, message. What exactly counts as a single video game? Of course, we have some that are quantifiable as a single entity. But what about games within games? If a game were originally or was originally standalone, but gets put inside another, is it still separate? What about a one to one remake? Do both entries count as their own games? Should total conversion mods count as new entries? Okay. Why don't we go through these one at a time? The, yeah, I know. Oh like this is all God. related to the same thing, which is why I was going through it. But yeah. Okay. Okay. What so what exactly counts game? as a single video game? Okay. Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're doing props today. Okay. Metroid yeah. Zero Mission. Yeah. <laughs> Advance Wars One. Uh. Polygonal Tifa Lockhart. Nice. Sorry, you know, here's, here's what you really want, polygonal Barrett. I was going to, as a joke, hold up a credit card, and then I realized how fucking this is, stupid This is Among Us. <laughs> among yeah, that's, that's a single video game. Carnival Games Mini Golf for the Wii. The Pathless is loading up on my phone, and I think that's all of them. Yeah. It's all the video games. Uh, game Genie for Super Nintendo. It's not a game, a game. That's a that's an app. That's a game <laughs> an app. The genie that's, of the games. That's basically just like an app. That's like it an and knuckles. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's pretty quantifiable. This is Drax so from Disney Infinity. <laughs> I'm impressed you have that. Is that a, game? That a game? Disney, Disney Infinity, Infinity is, yeah. No, not but it anymore. is multiple games, so I, I don't know if that fits in the single video game. Oh, man. Okay, uh, what about games within <laughs> games? I mean, like, do you mean like triple triad, stuff like that, like mini games? Like if they yeah. had to be, they had to be standalone to become a single video game. I feel. I feel yeah. Like I wouldn't inc- I wouldn't say any single Mario Party mini game is its own game. Yeah. Like I wouldn't say, hey, do you guys want to yeah. come over and play some platform fart, peril? Fart button. That's probably <laughs> one of them, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, that sounds like Mario Party. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there has to be some way of playing it standalone outside of a game at some point. I feel that helps like collections well, are one thing. Yeah, because I'm trying to think there definitely are like like little games inside of games. Sure. Yeah, but just referring to like it's weird because it's like technically that is a game, but I would never say like, oh, do you want to go play some like. Donkey Kong Animal Crossing for the GameCube version. If a game was originally standalone but gets put inside another, is it still separate? Yeah, as long as it had a standalone version at some point. Yeah, okay. I think that yeah. one's pretty easy. Sure. Uh, what about a one-to-one remake? Do both entries count as their own games? So one-to-one remake, is that a port? Since they're not actually changing anything? That's what I'm trying Besides- to figure out. Are they talking like a port or are they talking like Final Fantasy VII remake? For example? Well, the one-to-one makes me think not much is changing. Yeah, so then, right. yeah, it's just another version so of that a, same a game. port. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a port. Of, it's the same game. If, but if we're talking 7 Remake, then it's kind of its own beast. Like that kind of yeah. example. I mean, it's 7 Remake is always going to be its own beast, no matter what. <laughs> it's such a yeah. weird thing. Yeah. I just figure that's just like the most recent and most obvious <laughs> example. Sure. Should total conversion mods count as new entries? I don't know what this means. Yeah, of course they should. Uh, that means taking a game that couldn't be played before and essentially putting it either in a new engine or updating it so it can work on modern hardware. Like Shadow Warrior 1 got a total conversion somewhat recently. Or like they got, got put in the public eye recently because of Shadow Warrior 3. Mm-hmm. How, how is that different from a port? Uh, sometimes they add new like abilities like higher resolution. Uh, sometimes they add in extra content or quality of life options. But yeah, it is otherwise a port. Okay. Then I think it's if we're if the if the port is also a game, then yes, that's a game. I wouldn't. It's a separate game. Uh, yeah. And what if a game has a dual release with minor content changes? Oh, this like, shit so, drove so, me nuts. So like Pokemon, how, right? Mega Man Battle Network, which had yeah, or Pokemon. Sure. Okay. I mean, each of those are distinct games, but yeah, you know, I I do think you can put like the slash. When yeah. talking about them. Mm-hmm. It would have to depend on what those minor changes are. If they are like there's four exclusive Pokemon in this one. I, I don't think that's much of a difference. I, yeah. I would lump them together. Yeah, usually like with Pokemon, you usually say like, oh, red and blue or diamond <laughs> and pearl like that. Yeah, like I don't think anyone's yeah. going out there saying like diamond is a is a better game than pearl. 
I'm sure somebody has so, said that so similar. before. But well, yes. I mean, you know, when I was 10 and on the playground, you you know, I was putting up fists for diamond. Of course. Yeah. Uh, what if a compilation has unique content? Sega does that all the time with their content They're, that the collection counts as a game, but totally. the other games are still their own game. Yeah. If, if they had a standalone version, right? Yeah. I feel like okay. that's the important marker. Like yeah. someone earlier brought up Yakuza mini games, like the the arcade games that are in Yakuza. Yeah, they have standalones. So yeah. Okay. So okay. How about this? Before the orange box came out, how many of those yep. games had been released before? Only. Ooh, actually, sorry. Yeah, TF2 was already out. The the uh, two of the the first two half lives, half- right? First two Half-Lives were out. I think Episode 2 and Portal were the only new things in Orange Box. Okay, so does that make n- neither of those their own game since they're not standalone? Portal has since been released as standalone. Okay. But when, but when it came out, <clears throat> would you have said Portal is not its own game? I would have said Portal is... I would have said it box, is, so. but with the definition we're doing, it, it wouldn't. With that, I would say, yeah, Portal Portal's a great part of the Orange Box. I would, get, I would get the Orange Box for Portal, so Orange Box would be its own thing at that point, but with it getting a standalone release now, yeah. I guess I, I guess the, the, the terminology is important here, because you couldn't go out and say, please go buy me a copy of Portal. You would have to go yeah. buy a copy of the Orange Box. Yeah. It is just very, it's just, it, it feels wrong to me to say but por- that Portal is not a video game. Well, it's not a standalone it, video game. Or sorry, a single video game. I guess it is not a single video game. Argue. Yeah, yeah. That like technically it works. It just seems. It just sounds odd. Uh, what if it's a full game made inside of another game like Dota One? Oh yeah, because Dota came from Warcraft Three, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of games came from specific, uh, specifically Unreal and uh, Half Life. Hence, you know, Unreal yeah, Engine. Wouldn't that just be a game so, mode then at that point until it became its own thing? That Yeah, yeah that, I think I, that's the distinction, right? Yeah, like the the example I'm thinking of here is Rainbow Six uh, Extraction used to be a mode of Rainbow Six Siege that is now becoming a single video game. Sure. That's, that's right, Paul? Yeah, I think... Yeah. Like, Antichamber was originally made in Half-Life, and then it became its own thing. So I think it has to, like, break out and become a thing before it's a single video game. I think that makes sense. And I think it kind of follows the the terminology thing with Portal, is you wouldn't say, like, hey, I want to go buy Dota 1 online or whatever. You had to buy Warcraft to to, to play that first until it became its own thing. Yeah, it is a little confusing because you would buy Warcraft and then you would go under custom game and then that game that so like by their definition, it's a game using their assets. With yeah, and like the, the name that would show up on your Steam account or on Xbox, what you are playing is, is going to be the larger game, right? So, yeah, I think it's yeah. a mode. Yeah. But, but I would not I would not say Portal is a mode of the orange box, I guess, because the orange box is not. Orange Box is technically a collection. So. Is a collection. Yeah. 
of games. Maybe so. Maybe yeah. it, it maybe Portal does work if we're saying it's a collection of games. So does that mean the orange box is not a game? And I guess that's true because well, the orange box is a collection. Yeah. The only the only way to play orange box technically would be moving around the menu. Yeah. Before you go into a different, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this is, uh, I asked because I want to know if this total conversion mod I'm playing counts as a game for clearing. Yeah, it counts. I guess, yeah, if, it, if a total conversion, I still don't quite get it. It's a port. So, yes, the port counts. I've never heard this phrase before. Make sure I'm Hebrew lanterns. Uh, you got it wrong. You got to rip your even a cord. Total conversion mod is literally basically a ROM hack. A total conversion mod is a mod of an existing game that replaces virtually all of the artistic assets in the original game and sometimes core aspects of gameplay. Total conversions can result in a completely different genre from the original. The Half-Life modding community splintered across the different total conversions available, offering modding for a particular total conversion rather than Half-Life in general. Examples of famous total conversions include Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike, yeah. Defense okay, of the so I Ancients think what was, I think and what Gary's using me is the different platform stuff. So if this all happened yeah, on one I, I platform. Yeah, I was thinking more, yeah, I was thinking more port, so. But yeah, no, these, they, yeah, those 100% count. Like, uh, if you're thinking stuff like Black Mesa, yeah, like that counts. That counts, yeah. Daisy for Arma. So you would say that's a single game, though? And not a mod for a game? Like, for a different single game? If it's If it's substantial enough, yeah, sure. Well, but based on the definition that we were doing for the other ones, you're still launching the original game and it's almost like a different mode, right? A lot of these have a a lot of these are a different thing. You launch with a dependency on another game to use the engine. Yeah, like so, Counter-Strike is barely like Half-Life. It has some similar sound effects sure, and it's yeah, a first person right, yeah. shooter. Yeah. So not enough of the original game is left that exists to consider it more like a, just a mod. Yeah. I would argue Dota is a bit of an opposite effect where it's very clearly still uh, Warcraft 3. It's just done in a completely different gameplay style. With a different like rule own, set. Yeah. yeah. And then w- when it became its own game, then all the characters changed. Then yeah, that's its own game at that point. Yeah, true. It steps up from mode to actual full-blown game. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the line here it's not total conversion versus port. It's total conversion versus like game mode, and I think that's a blurry line. It is, now. yeah, mm, can be. I think for the argument that Sukusuka's trying to do, I think it counts. Sure. Hebrew Lantern writes: In light of some of the ahem, childish backlash I've seen the Diamond and Pearl remakes get, what is the pettiest reason you didn't get a game? Oh, I have an answer to this that's recent. I just don't remember the name of the game. Hold on. Okay. I think Wildermyth. Everything about it sounds great. I fucking hate how that game looks, and I'm not going to play it because of it. I can't stand that art style. What's it called? Wildermyth. Everything about it sounds great. It's basically like a uh, D&D t- a tactical RPG like with that's kind of D&D but like for solo play the the computer kind of does the like DMing for it I just can't stand how that game looks I fucking hate the art style so much so okay. I'm not going to play it 
Um, I think the only time where I said, no, I'm just not going to play this game was like Warrior Gold when I was like, I'm done with my 3DS. The I've the end with my 3DS. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, for me, usually it's like, oh, I don't have the time and that's about it. So that's not a big deal. Although I can think of a time I like I never played Diablo 2 because I tried to buy it uh, when I was on a trip once and my mom knew that Diablo meant devil. So she never let me buy it. And that's why I've never played a Diablo game, <laughs> except for like five minutes at a land center. <laughs> OK, cool. <laughs> that is indeed a petty reason not to play a game. Yep. All right. Linebeck has a few here. Uh, how would you define what you feel as a bad video game in the simplest terms? Same as above, but for good. Think for good. Uh, am I having fun? Then yeah, I think for good is yeah, it's fun is easily, and I feel like that's the opposite for like that works for bad too. Well, uh, yeah, bad bad game. You can say like, am I having fun? And is it my fault or the game's fault? See now, sure. I'm, I'm thinking because like there are definitely movies that are not like enjoyable to watch, but they're good movies, and it's just yeah. you know what I mean. And the other way around, bad movies that are super enjoyable to sit sure, through. Sure, yeah, yeah. So, and I feel like the same should be able to be said about games, or because I don't, because I don't want to say that games inherently have to be fun, because I feel like that limits, right. you know, the 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 medium. Okay, I mean that's more of an artistic standpoint. I feel more than anything else. Right, right, yeah. So I feel so like I inherently you're you're playing a game because you want to have fun. I guess, but when I'm looking at it as as interactive media, which is what video games are, I don't yeah. think it needs to be fun. Yeah, for me, I think for me, a bad video game is if I think to myself, do does a game like is it wasting my time? Do I feel like my time is being wasted by this, whether it's by the game's fault or just like me not feeling it? And that's really a, a like personal internal conversation really sure but then there's stuff like it like that's almost trying to waste your time like quap well yeah well that's like i guess it also depends on if it's intentional or not that's the thing so i i almost think like do we need to like step back and, and make it something as as broad as is it getting its message across coherently you know, and its message being like its intent. Mm. Yeah, I think intent's actually a good point. I think I see where you're going on this, Sean. I, I, I'm pretty sure I agree with you. Because I know a lot of the times and we, and we could think of maybe even like backbone is is we felt that when mm-hmm. it does its twist. E- each of us felt differently about it in terms of like, I don't think the game did well because it like. It, it like betrayed itself or it stopped doing what it was trying to do. It kind of jumped to the shark, yada, yada. Some of us kind of like sure. that twist. What? So, so I'm just, I'm just using that as a recent example. Sure. Sure. Um, and all right. Or I think of like last stop recently is I didn't really enjoy that because I felt a lot of the character motivations fell flat, didn't make sense. And the stories just kind of fizzled out. So it, it, it did not kind of get its intention across that it was trying to do with that story. Mm -hmm. 
I think there's just going to be a, an amount of subjectiveness to it no matter what. Oh, totally. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. But I think at the very least, if, if we if we put down, is it getting its intent across coherently? I don't even think you could, because if a game is trying to be obtuse, that is now its message, right? Mm-hmm. And in that case, it is getting its intent across the way it wants to. Mm-hmm. I used to have a stance of like if people like if the vast collective of people agreed that something was good or bad, then that is like the essential quantification of good or bad. And that's the logic behind game scores and stuff like that. But I've had pushback on that because it's still subjective at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And and, you know, for every single time, there's going to be a very well reviewed game. There's going to be a set of people who don't like it and vice versa. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, Hopefully second that, question. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time you purchased a physical comic issue? Doesn't have to be DC or Marvel, not counting manga. Oh, well, okay. I was about to say, I just today bought a bunch of manga. And like, no. <laughs> oh, what'd you buy? I got the, uh, that Legend of Zelda treasure chest collection was actually on sale. Oh, so, wait, uh, the, like up, the encyclopedia ones? No, the actual, like the manga series for the games. Okay. So it's like so I think four the, I think you can get the um, all the encyclopedias like come in like a little treasure chest, don't they? Yeah, that that they have that too. But like, there's a set with like five different hardcover manga for Legend of Zelda, and uh, it comes in like a little treasure chest. And I picked that up. I guess right I, it showed up today, so I ordered it yesterday. Nice. But actual oh. like a like a proper trade paperback? No, oh, God, it's been. It was university was when I was picking up. And even then I shift the manga. I think university was the last time I bought like single issues and like I had a pull box and everything. Um, but okay. it just but I've bought in some trades since then. And I think the most recent one is the uh, Mass Effect collection. Uh, when they revamped the new 52 about 10 years ago, I bought one of each of the things wow to to check those out and then i stuck with batman's court of owls for a while until that arc ended and that was the last time i bought physical it's been digital ever you still have those like all 52 of them uh no well i probably have some in this box here but i was gonna say because that that's a fun little like collection saying i have all the number ones from the 52 yeah some of them i thought i would get more into but I just didn't. I That's know. definitely when I jumped onto D- DC more. Yeah, I don't know, like I did Batman, I did Detective Comics, I did Superman, Action Comics, Flash. I think I did Green Lantern. A bunch of them I fell off of. I think I fell off of everything except for uh, the Flash and Batman. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a weird time. I I like having everything either on my phone or my tablet. It's just so much easier. I'm definitely a a comic book on my uh, tablet kind of guy. I I mean, I pretty much do everything digitally. And at this point, I just buy physical versions if I really liked something and I come across like a crazy sale. And it's like, yeah, I would like control on my shelf for nine dollars, please. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Oh, wait, they did. When did the Scott Pilgrim colored versions come out? Because I bought Uh, a while ago. Yeah. Okay. that. 
that would have been more recent then. So whatever, yeah. whatever that was probably. I guess if we're not counting that as manga, then yeah, I guess for me it's Scott Pilgrim as well. Oh yeah, true. It's probably it's, more. Yeah, it kind of straddles the line a little bit. I guess. I guess because you're not reading right to left, it doesn't count. <clears throat> I don't know. Sure. Uh, final question from Lineback. Lately, I've seen more and more people not buying ports of games on the Switch, even when the Switch has timed exclusivity due to the relatively poor performance by comparison, as well as a pandemic making portable gaming not as prevalent. With this in mind, what should Nintendo do to convince people to stick with them for third-party ports? Also keeping in mind chips shortages caused by the p- pandemic and cryptocurrency mining. I don't think there really is a way. <clears throat> Yeah, no, they can't like convince as, me, especially with the the Steam Deck coming out next year or this year, whenever it is. Like, I think the Steam Deck is definitely going to eat Nintendo's lunch when that thing drops with a lot of the indie stuff, especially when you're looking at like when it, when the Switch version comes out, it's like a full priced thing. At the yeah. same time, it's five dollars on Steam. Sure. Now, I mean, most people won't have the option of one or the other. The or the fact that like a humble bundle will give you 10 games that you could play on your Steam Deck for the yeah. price of one of those games on the Switch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is like the this happens every generation. Third parties yeah. are strong on the on Nintendo at the beginning. Yeah. And they then they taper off because they get tired of having to put these like subpar versions yeah. that are selling poorly um, on there. And I, I, the Switch, I feel like, had a bit of a longer run just because it was so yeah. popular. And it still is and the still super popular. Yeah. I feel like um, the, the pandemic has kind of definitely damaged like Nintendo's stance because of the portability lack. You know, we say that, but then like Animal Crossing was a month into the pandemic and that thing sold like a bazillion copies. Yeah, because everyone was locked in their house. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, like Nintendo still did sell yeah. well. well. And also, that has Nintendo tax, and it's also a well-established series. So I feel like that's an, a bit of an outlier. Sure. But, like, um, yeah, like, the the portable the portability argument lost a lot of, like, luster yeah. when no one was doing regular traveling. And then to get third parties back, I think they have to release that Switch Pro so that yeah. these games run better. Because, and like, I know personally... It, I don't want to if it's on multiple platforms, I'm never picking the switch first because it's just it's going to run inferior. Yeah, they have to eat the Nintendo tax, too. There's many times where I was like, oh, that might be kind of cute to have on the switch. It's fifteen dollars more than on Steam. Fuck that. Like, yep, I'm not doing that. Yep. At this point, it's kind of come down to like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to play it on like my primary thing. And then, hey, maybe if it's on like a cool sale. I'll get it on the switch. So I have that portably. Yeah. But even that window is getting smaller and smaller as like game pass is on the cloud now. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have a steam deck at the end of the year. Like my switch is as every generation goes going to be the first party Nintendo thing. And that's it. Sure. Yeah. The, the main reason I use the switch still is that I like being able to just go upstairs and just play a game out of the office or play it anywhere yeah. else in the house. But like if the Steam Deck ends up actually being good, it's probably going to kick that out. Sure. And have it's going to get pushed aside. Yeah. And I know like the Steam Deck is like a lot more expensive. But when you like start thinking long term, you're going to be saving a ton on software. 
All right, yeah. uh, John, I think you're next. Uh, Rinku588 says, what's a game that was already outdated when it came out? Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, God, oh, yeah. Good answer. Yeah. I was going to say Deadly Premonition 2. Oh, well, yeah. Deadly Premonition 1, technically, as well. <laughs> and 1. Yeah, either one. I, I guess technically, but I feel, but it was able to, like, stand on, like, some other pillars of enjoyment. 2 is just, like, this is so buggy and running terribly in bad game design. Yeah. Both great answers. I don't ha- I didn't have any on the top of my head. Uh the Phantom Aegis writes, "What's your favorite game that you've gotten on your birthday?" Ooh. That's hard. This is hard. It's been a long time since I got a game on my birthday. That, it was, was always I got a Christmas. lot of games on birthdays, and they were all really good games. Mine was always Christmas. That's when we got game stuff. I, I definitely got more games at Christmas than my birthday, because birthday was like I got like one gift, and then but Christmas it was yeah. like there's a bunch of gifts and yada yada. Um, I got my Super Nintendo on my birthday, so I'm probably gonna say Mario World because of that that's a great one yeah actually now that i'm thinking about it i got my n64 on my birthday so it's probably ocarina of time for me i'm trying to think what else i know i got new super mario bros on the ds on my birthday i got maximum carnage for the snes on my birthday nice (laughs) i got got a super scope on my birthday one year (laughs) i got a playstation 2 on my birthday I don't know if I got any games with it, though. I think it came with Gran Turismo like two, and I hate Mm. that game. Oh, ooh! but like Christmas, I can remember like I got like Chrono Trigger on the DS. That was awesome. I got some I got tons of Fire Emblem games on uh, Christmas. So Christmas is like the game is game time. Yeah, Christmas is when we got our NES and like Mega Man games and every like all of the stuff growing up is when we did that. Christmas was when I got a TV for my own room so I could actually play the games in my room instead nice. of taking over the living room TV. I yeah. had that on a birthday. I remember I came downstairs one morning and just on like the landing of the stairs, there was just a big TV box. And, it, and I was just like, what the hell is this? And then I went and watched cartoons and my mom came down and she's like, you didn't open your gift. I was like, I, I didn't expect that, that TV was mine. So what am I supposed to do with that? I'm, I'm 13. <laughs> and she got me, not only did she get me a, a TV, she got me, she got cable put in my room. Oh, wow. So I, so I could watch, uh, you know, TV and stuff up there as well. Nice. That was pretty great. And then you never left your room. Basically. And then I got a second TV for my room so I could play games and watch TV at the same time. <laughs> that's, that's how you do it. All right, Rasterman. What's the most misleading video game title you can think of? Final Fantasy. Easy. <laughs> yeah, actually. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Damn it, maybe maybe, maybe it's not misleading because it's the last one we'll ever get forever. No, he came out in another game. Remember when they did that uh, Bulletstorm? Bulletstorm DLC? Yeah, yeah Duke yeah, Nukem's yeah. World Tour, whatever the fuck they called it. Or, or Duke Nukem Edition or whatever it was. Oh my god. Um hmm. Resident Evil. 
when only like the first one takes place in a house? No, but it they're talking about the virus inside your body is the Resident Evil, not like literally oh. a residence. Yeah, God, oh, John. I'm sorry, you can look at it from that aspect too. Totally. The first one's based around a house. Totally. The only reason I like know that is because The Evil Within came out and yeah. it blew my mind that it's the same title. <laughs> Are you telling me that we're The Walking Dead? I lost my fucking mind, dude, when I was like, oh, my God, it's the same thing. <laughs> this is this so is a Phoenix is Down moment, right? <laughs> What's that? So this is a Phoenix Down moment when everyone realized the what that feathery, meant. the feathers, tufts of yeah. feathers or whatever. Yeah. I think just by sheer volume and numbers, Final Fantasy has to just take it right. It's such a stupid Probably, title yeah. when you say something like Final Fantasy but 16 is coming. They've gone so long, though, they can't change it. It'd be right. so weird no, if they, they changed it. They shouldn't. Totally. Yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, what's going to be great is when humanity, like, dies and the last game that is put out <laughs> is a Final Fantasy game. And it's a remake of the first one. Every time a Final Fantasy game comes out, it's actually part of Nostradamus's predictions. Yeah. <laughs> If you line up the first letter of every Final Fantasy title, it spells F F F F F F F F F F F F F F F Ending with this question from Aelita, who says, since we now have New Donk City and Mario Golf, what's another level in the Mario series you would like to see get added in the game as future DLC? Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, good answer. It doesn't have to be in the the Mario series. If we're talking core Mario, then sure. But like our DK is playable in it. Diddy okay. Kong was in like tennis and it will probably get added as a DLC character to this game. Uh, I'm going to pick block fort from Mario Kart. <laughs> all right. All right. Mario Kart in general. I want a Mario track golf course, please. There's so many good Mario Kart tracks that you could make like a cool course on like even like Rainbow Road would be awesome. Oh, Rainbow Road set would be amazing. Or even mm. like I'm, I'm just trying to think like uh, like baby circuit would be silly and fun park oh my god baby park or whatever it's called yeah um there yeah there's a ton of good cor- uh I, I mean it's they're great uh like cart courses and so they would just be fun to just play golf on them for sure or just make a new mario kart how about that i would like that more they i would did. give it's nintendo listen kart to me tour. i will give you 60 dollars for a new mario kart they did it's called mario kart tour you can download on your phone today and then they made another one after that. It's called Mario Kart Home Circuit. You can drive around your house. Oh, that's right. God, I forgot about that. Yeah, I know. Yep. That was just last year, wasn't it? <laughs> it's pretty recent, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Uh, that's going to do it for questions. On that bummer of a note, um, <laughs> if you'd like to send a question in, it's topdownrespective at gmail.com, at TDP Podcast on Twitter, the Discord channel, or John's P.O. Box. What is your game of the week? I guess Axiom Verge 2. Uh, Final Fantasy 14. And I'll give mine to Splitgate. Some things you should look out for. Our Backbone episode is up. It went up last week, so definitely go check that out if you like raccoons or video games. 
mm-hmm. video games that are a single video game. You can check out Backbone. Um, the poll is now live for the September game. So go vote on what we will play through next month. And next week we will be doing our TDP plus episode of Antichamber. Um, so get excited for that. Oh, it is the last of the month. Damn, I thought there was two more Thursdays. Oops. Um, before I end this, John, is there any other corrections you need to tell us? I do have to correct one thing. I have to correct the fact that I said this was a fail button and it made a wah-wah noise when in fact it is a trombone sadness noise. So I Sad do trombone. apologize for that. Sad trombone is a well-known sound effect that I feel we should all be well aware of, and I'm sorry I made that mistake. I mean, in the words of Cookie Masterson, six trombones is not a parade. <laughs> I don't what you don't know Jack was that from. Um one of one of uh, one of the party ones that had a you don't know Jack in it, so it was like five or six, I think. Anyway, I'll okay. go. That'll bye.